Hello and welcome to season two of This Secular Life. I'm really excited to bring you more conversations with brilliant change makers with ethical environmental change and social impact at the core of what they do. This season has opened doors to some brilliant entrepreneurs, people and personalities and I feel really grateful to have been able to speak to them so hopefully you'll enjoy the conversations as much as I have. I'm Melissa Bowden, your host and founder of A Circle Back. A Circle Back is an online concept store for gifts that give back. Please check it out at www.acircleback.com for more on what we're all about and for some wonderful gifts as well. Enjoy listening and give us a rating if you love what you hear. Hello and welcome to episode two of This Secular Life, season two. I'm really happy to share with you today a conversation I had with Antonio and Johnny, the co-founders of Nursum Skincare. Nursum Skincare is a caring hand cream brand, which since day one, the founders, Johnny and Antonia, wanted to set up to make a real difference. So with every product purchase, Nursum gives a month's supply of hand cream to a nurse or a midwife working for the NHS or the equivalent abroad. To date, they've helped over 175,000 nurses and midwives. They've been fulfilling it since the birth of the brand. And in our interview today, we speak about how purpose and passion is really at the heart of what they do. It's fantastic, the amount of help that they've been able to achieve, but also their business story is really inspiring, talking about the true highs and lows of running and starting your own business equally the progress over time and the fantastic effect that they've had on helping many hands which help lots of other people in return. Hi Antonia, hi Johnny. Hi Hi, Melissa, thanks for having us. Thanks so much for being here. So I'm really thrilled to welcome to the Circular Life today Antonia and Johnny, the founders of Nursum Skincare a hand cream that was developed in, I guess, in a difficult situation when Andonia as a nurse was finding that her hands were cracking from the constant hand washing and use of alcohol gel and actually had to take time off work to let them heal before she could go back. It born the idea of Nurse and Skincare, a product to help heal the hands, a lovely hand cream and a product that gives back. So something that is in its entirety everything that we look at circle back for every hand cream you buy a month's supply is given to a nurse or midwife who works for the NHS so I'm really happy to have Johnny and Antonia here and hear a bit more about your story so thank you thank you for that and thanks for the intro as well um Um, so the first question I kind of kick off with with everybody is a little bit about getting to know you guys and what helped you get to where you are and the ideas about Nursum as well what makes your world go round? Um, do you want me to start? Yeah, I think you're, you're the nurse. You're the nurse. So, um, as you said, Melissa, there, um, I work as a, a children's nurse. But actually, the thing that really makes my world go round, so people amaze me. I think uh, it probably sounds a little bit odd, but... Um, I love watching people and one of those classic kind of sit in a cafe and watch people go by. I love watching interactions amongst people. And actually, I think especially this year, probably the kindness of people. So 
people have gone above and beyond. And I think um, COVID has been a massive thing in kind of bringing people out of their shells a little bit and maybe doing that little bit more for others and kind of almost giving me a little bit more hope in, hope in the, the human race uh, and, and this whole kind of giving back to people and, and doing that little bit more. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I would explain, explain a little bit more about why I went into nursing because for as long as I've known, so Antonia and I, when did we start going out? It's oh, like, we, we we, we've been together school. since we were sort of 15, <laughs> 16. <laughs> and as long as I've known you for, you wanted to be a nurse. Yeah, you? So, I feel very like lucky, I guess. There's so many people out there who uh, go to uni and actually don't really know what they want to do at the end of it. But I've always wanted to be a nurse from as young as I can remember. I used to kind of practice poking and prodding my poor siblings. Um, <laughs> Um, and um, in a nice way yeah kind of doing that that I guess the kind of the, the caring side are there any other nurses in your family or did you have an example that you sort of looked up to um so well I'm, I'm one of seven um, wow, which amazing. Crazy. um so I guess in naturally you almost become quite quite you would look after them yeah you look after them and you become that kind of nurturing side and all the rest but my um my elder sister's a gp and my um, one of my other sisters is a um a nurse as well but neither of my parents are so which is quite funny yeah obviously runs in the family to care for people and sort of nurture and so going back to what you said about watching people and um finding inspiring kind of seeing how people have come together during this period. Um, I definitely think it's something that's kept everybody going, seeing how, I guess, everyone's like extended their love a little bit further. We're, as a society, sometimes British or English people can feel quite close and we kind of get on with our own lives and we don't sort of look externally a bit more, but even just people smiling with their eyes through their masks on the street and things now, like I think everybody, whilst we're not all in the same situation and there's some people are having a much tougher time than others, there's a general feeling that we do need to pick each other up a bit more because the doom and gloom otherwise will get a little bit too much. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I must have become a lot more animated now as well because you can't people can't see your smile behind your mask so you sort of wave to people and they think that guy's gone crazy yeah the, the gestures and I also I think I'm overdoing it with smiling with my eyes like I'm really like you know yeah, yeah. Exactly. Your out your way or like you're reaching for something in the supermarket and someone steps back I'm like thank you and really <laughs> maybe just a really odd social person now <laughs> well at least once the masks come off we'll all have massive beaten smiles we'll be professionals at it that, that's very true indeed and and johnny is are you the a similar sort of person in terms of like people being an inspiration or is there something someone particular that's made your world go around or been an inspiration for you well i can't say you know i'm, I'm not the nurse so i can't say that i had that sort of gene from from being a kid but I guess my my mum and dad are both technology teachers and they they sort of influenced me as a kid because I used to go and play in the in the metalwork labs and stuff and like make things and used to they used to take take the sixth form kids away on like factory visits and stuff to like car manufacturers and I used to sneak off from school and go and join them so they you know some of my most vivid vivid memories of like the things that I thought were cool when I was a kid was was hanging out with them and seeing the things that got made and built and stuff. So I'm sort of 
that that's that's my inspiration but i also i do love other sort of people who have done interesting things in business as well so you know the founders of like toms and patagonia and stuff like i mean both of those like founders have um if anyone listening has wants some book recommendation both um those founders have written brilliant books have you read let my people go surfing i was always gonna say i buy that so for all of the people who've joined nursing over the last few few months and years that's the first book i buy them is that's the thing that gets me so excited though because you know, I've got I've got a pat. Well, you take the mick out of me for this, but I've got a Patagonia jacket, and it hasn't left my back for probably nearly ten years, maybe or something. And um, it's got holes in it and stuff. But I love it, and I love everything that it stands for. Um, oh, they're brilliant! It's such a fantastic company and really inspiring. I was reading "To the Future with Love," or it's now and now for the good news. It's a bit by Ruby Wax, and she talks about um, different companies, and she goes to the Patagonia offices. And she says that they actually have built the offices around trees that have been there for years. So there's just like a tree going through part of the office and they have a school and nursery on site. So because they believe it's the most effective way of teaching their staff sort of subconsciously, that's what they're working for the future for, like the the future generations by seeing kids and being around them all the time. And yeah, I mean, just reading it, I was like, right, cool. So how can I work? well, absolutely yeah great minds think like we 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 had a, a trip to california a couple of years ago and that was the one place i was like we'd have to go there, oh, wow. there. <laughs> yeah. and it's and it was uh, annoyingly it was a sunday so everything was shut but uh, <laughs> but i still had a good goal it was just... sunday on a east on easter weekend as well but i think that the surf shop was open wasn't it the um, yeah fletcher sure enough so, so yeah. son has his sort of like surf company but it's just so nice because the whole like tin shed that it was built around is still there. Uh, and just the way that the, I think it's the ethos that gets me the most though is around sustainability uh, in terms of like growth as a business. That's, that's so different because most companies will grow at all costs. Whereas they kind of say, well, actually we're, we're sort of, we're big enough. We don't need to keep growing. And, um, and some of the, the way that they approach like, speaking to their customers about you don't need to buy this jacket um, I know ironically sometimes it has the opposite effect yeah um, well, they took a big ad out in the New York Times didn't they saying um yeah. like you don't like don't buy this or you don't need this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's, it's clever I guess maybe like the the cynics to cynics that are listening hopefully there's not that many might say well it just is reverse psychology but I think at the core of it and I guess what the same reasons that we both love those founders and those business stories is driving a purposeful business as well as like thinking about profit. And I think that's what I've also found quite inspiring about, I guess, the past few years that it doesn't seem to be something that people don't feel they can start from the very beginning. And something I found really interesting when researching and reading about your journey is that was that was from the off for you guys. You wanted to be giving back and you wanted to do something that made a difference. Yeah, well, we didn't really expect for this to become a brand as such, or like an, an even even a business. I mean, you yeah. you started with having two weeks off work, and that was like, okay, how do we just fix it for you? Yeah, and it was just purely looking. It was, and it was through sheer anger. Um, I think, if anything, that I wanted to see if I could come up with something that actually made a difference, but wasn't steroids for your hands, or it wasn't like 
full of just awful, awful artificial kind of ingredients. And, and that was when I set about kind of looking into um, what was on the market, what they contained. Um, I can remember going on a, quite a few trips to, to like a, um, to Boots and just picking up loads of different products out there and just being like, oh, well, this is this, this is that. What's And I've got no background in kind of is that. But then, it took a long time to be it able took to a long time so working to, to get to a formula that we were really comfortable with and that I guess the fortunate thing for you is that you had lots of colleagues who had the same problem uh, and so you were able to sort of like hand it out and say what do you think of this does it help the problem yeah. so we were quite up close and personal with the problem uh, that we had to try and solve it wasn't just you that was suffering no, from it no absolutely um, and we worked we obviously we didn't formulate all like we 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 put together a bit of a a want list and we worked with manufacturers to make sure that it was um exactly what we wanted so we went a few of my friends were like are you are you like making this in your kitchen or something like that and we were like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> I also think um uh whilst you're telling this part of it it's probably quite helpful for anyone that's listening to understand like the breadth of the problem so I I was reading on um your website and probably better for you to explain but it's a big problem where lots of the NHS staff are off for periods of time because of this is that right really is I mean we, we did a survey we, we didn't know this when we first started because we were just trying to solve this for you but then as we got deeper into the problem we realized that after we did it we did a survey with nursing times to uh, I think it was over 700 staff members and realized that nearly 86 I think it's like 80 87 percent of staff at some point in their career will suffer from contact dermatitis and it's not just a small you know issue some of the people we've seen over the years, they've been in nursing for 30, 40 years. And I'm not saying that like ours is the miracle cure, but they've, they've sort of suffered this problem for 30 odd years. And it's the first time when we've been able to let them use the product that we've developed, that they don't have to go to work and feel like it's that it's uh, they're suffering. So it's, it's hugely uh, rewarding in that sense. But we didn't realise how many people have this problem mm-hmm. and how acute the problem is as well. It's you know, there's some people who, I know you had two weeks off because they were bleeding, but some people have it really, really bad where, you know, they're having to wash their hands and their skin is cracked and broken. Um, and it's quite, you know, the pain and the stinging and stuff and it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. So just to know that people have been able to try this and use it. And um, and like I say, we're not professing it, it's a miracle, but it means that they can go into work and work without having that thing front of mind where, ah, oh, my hands are so sore. Mm-hmm. um so yeah it's but- I think I think the general public as well have firsthand witnessed exactly what it's like to wash your hands super frequently to use alcohol gel and then the harsh effects of winter at the moment as well like ev- there's so many people suffering with this exact problem mm-hmm. um and probably didn't really fully understand what it was like for healthcare professionals who throughout their day on average wash their hands about 50 times a day and that can't be you can't get around that. You have to wash your hands like before seeing patient contact, after patient contact. So we're not saying not to do that because it's so important, but it's about making sure that you condition your hands properly. And and we've got a few products um, in our range that, that, that help to do that. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's 
I guess it's unfair that this is the case, but I really do think it happens with lots of different things. But as soon as it starts affecting like a wide group of people and it starts becoming something which everybody is noticing, like so many of my friends said to me, oh my God, my hands getting so dry or my skin's getting so dry from using um, first of a sanitizer and it's like washing your hands all the time and a mixture of the both. And then, as you said, it's been freezing cold. And um, my my dad has always, um, since I was, a baby had his own business and he's um, a four by four um, agricultural engineer. So he's always outside and always um, working with his hands. And I always think of dad and I think of his kind of quite like worn hands. And I yeah. said to him, I was like, I'm going to get you some of this medicine because it's cold now. And it's like, you know, they're cracking and he sort of just carries on. And a difference being he's obviously not in the medical profession. So he's not needing to then have contact with patients and things like that. But I guess the use of it goes wider than just the medical profession. It goes to every household now because of all of the new advice on washing your hands and using sanitizer but equally I know lots of my friends who had dry skin during the winter and nothing really worked because a lot of products are very perfumed or they're more of a beauty product for something that really is you need a bit more of a scientific effect and product to use. Most companies skincare companies hand cream is an add-on so they'll spend all of their time their R&D and stuff in facial care or body care and then hand cream is like, well, we, we we should probably have a hand cream, shouldn't we? So we'll just we'll just bundle something together and, and put it out with the rest of our range. Whereas we were kind of because we never really want we never expected to launch it as a as a retail brand. It was that was never the equation. It was always, well, how do we make something that's super effective, as natural as possible, that we can be proud to say that it helps people and and I guess that that's that's what took ages to try and get right is everything that is in there has a reason for it. Um, and I think, I mean, I think we've realised it's 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 helped enormous amount in terms of like the, the the response that we've had from people who've used it. And we do stuff as a company, I guess, that you don't see from the outside because we don't really talk about it. But the the you know the product that we developed for you was tested for use in hospitals. Sorry, that's my phone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right, sorry. That is a rookie error. I should have turned that off. <laughs> um, the, the the formula that we tested um, that we have now is being tested for use in hospitals, uh, so that whereas most hand creams haven't, so that we know it it can be used around patients who mm-hmm. you know in a in a sterile environment and stuff, and not we, undermine actually the hand washing point. Yeah. So it, the we've taken it that step further and then we work with a consultant dermatologist here in the UK that is probably one of the top guys in the country for contact dermatitis and, and allergy uh, contact allergies so but I, I know we talk a little bit about that on some of our products but that was a huge project and cost a lot of money and time to be able to get those approvals and most of it we don't really reference it's just it's one of the things that we do internally as a business where for us to put it on the market, we have to know that it's like, it really, really does what it says it's going to do. So that, I guess that that's where the old um, Patagonia stuff has rubbed off. I think where you kind of like, you want to make sure that the thing that's inside that the, not the packaging or not the marketing, it's the actual stuff in the tube that really delivers and everything else beyond that is just nice to have. Definitely. And I think actually it's a more like true foundation to build the brand as well. Like obviously the packaging, the marketing, 
the even the way that the website functions all contributes to the end sale but the repeat sale comes from it actually working and you can have the most wonderful brand image but if the core of what you're offering isn't there then it doesn't it just doesn't work it never well you can it will work to a point but it will crumble and the foundations will be weak so I mean it's really inspiring and I think I think it's uh, something to be said like when looking at the timeline of when you guys started and when you launched like it just shows that there's a true amount of time because you started in 2009 and then you launched in 2018 is that is that right? So we started, you had the problem in 2009, and that's when we started development of the product. Right. And the business actually officially became a business in 2012. Okay. And, and then we've been working on it solidly since probably 2011 was when we start to really, like, dedicate ourselves to this. Mm-hmm. So it was, the it was really lucky because I, so I kind of started the ball rolling on this, but then got to the point where I was just like, do you know, I work full time as a nurse, like I don't really have the time to do this and Johnny I kind of pulled in I just kind of wrote Johnny in a little bit more and a little bit more and then you started getting interested in it and then it was like oh okay so and then we were really fortunate there was a um an incubator um in uh, Newcastle that was through um a, a science, Newcastle, Newcastle Science City, City. Um, so it allowed Johnny to join this incubator and um, be given funds to basically like look into the into the formulation more, do the testing that we needed to do, marketing, all of that kind of stuff, um, so that we could actually launch the product through them, and then um, and that's where I it's, guess it started. It's been a long journey though. I mean, yeah. 2012 to now, we're nearly 10 years in, and this thing only really took off in the last. Well, we launched it into Boots in March 2019, uh, and we had a a pretty good year, first year, because um, we actually that's not the full story so for the first however many years up to 2018 it was just us two you were still working full-time I was working out of our spare bedroom selling it to to nurses and to to sort of small smaller retailers and just living on cash flow and it got to maybe 2018 2017 2018 and we well, we got married for one and then we, well... No, we got married in 2015, had our first child in 2017. I think that was the turning point. Basically, we had our had our little boy and at that point, uh, we were, we, we basically had about a, a year of living on universal credit where we were trying to pay for nursery, trying to turn this into something that could sustain us. And when you've already done it for so many years and put loads of energy in and not got thing got anything in return, like there's some serious low points where you think like, is it even worth it? Like, what am I doing this for if I can't even like support my family? And that was the turning point where we kind of, you know, it's quite a shock when you have to go to the job centre every week and like go and, you know, go through that rigmarole, especially when you know you're working your butt off to actually like, to, to make this into something successful so it got to that stage and fortunately we we brought in we pushed it far enough forward where we were able to bring in some partners in 2018 and they were able to help us reposition it into something that is now Nursum, and that was when we launched it into boots in 2019 so and then obviously with with what's happened over the last year, it's just accelerated what we'd what we'd already sort of built the bones of of what Nursum is now. 
and it just so happened that all the conditions were right for it to take off. But I mean, I, I ne- I'd always heard that phrase of like 10 year success, 10 year overnight success. And I was like, I, I don't really understand that. But when you put it into context, it's like, there's been so many years of just like getting nowhere for eventually for it to click. So yeah, pr- proud. I guess pr- proud that we've stuck it out for long enough for it to get to this stage. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's I think it's an amazing achievement, and equally, it adds to the integrity of what you're doing and how how much hard work does go into it before something. I think it's possibly quite easy sometimes when looking at brands, thinking, "Great, yeah, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to give back, and I'm going to solve this problem with it," and to feel quite defeated if that doesn't happen within a year. Whereas I'm like, I would say I'm like a very strong realist in the fact I'm like, oh no, I think it, it takes a really long time. It takes you believing in it more than anyone else so that you constantly are bringing people back to your story and saying, this is why it is going to work. And it also takes a lot of hard work and constant valuation of this is going to be worth it. Um, so I can imagine that it's been quite the journey. I mean, I think it's quite a nice time actually to to think about the next point, which I always ask everybody is who's your inner circle and who who do you have close by that's either your inspiration or your support? Yeah. Well, you so, have a massive family. Yeah, so definitely family. We're super lucky to both have amazing families who have inspired us in so many ways um I guess from what Johnny was saying before about his and both his parents being technology teachers and kind of that whole like product thing and kind of this interest in in um, making in stuff. making stuff yeah. whatever that may be um and then my parents I think my dad's a geologist so I, I, but I guess that doesn't really translate much into, into nursing but he, they've, they're both very kind people and very giving and so I'd like to think that uh, some of what we do is, is, has come from both sets of parents we've got our two amazing boys so we've got um, Oscar and Harry so Oscar's three and uh, Harry's um, one well that must and, have kept you uh, busy during this period then yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. add something else into the mix <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, it just makes me giggle because in the first lockdown, we I think um, be- before I could sneak sneak into the office when it when that was allowed, I used to hide in the back of the car on the uh, on the drive, <laughs> and uh, I think I locked myself in about four times with trying the child to with the child locks. <laughs> so, it's so embarrassing. Yeah, trying um, to you were trying to do some phone calls and things, but that was that was quite a struggle. I think yeah, definitely during yeah. COVID. But, but having having the boys, I think, is a good. It, it's it's great because it focuses you on like if you really want this thing to succeed you need to get a wiggle on because they, they their needs come first sort of thing so I think that was a real drive for for both of us but especially for me I think because you don't you always think oh, I don't I don't want to put ourselves in a position where we have to continue on getting benefits or whatever or like we would love to be able to to make this successful so Mm -hmm. they're definitely like a lot of the the energy and the drive come from having those two yeah um ironically even though they make you more tired (laughs) (laughs) oh no definitely I mean I'm auntie to I have three nephews and two nieces and I think that they 
firstly they provide the most honest and sort of engaging answers sometimes you just think what is the solution I don't know like I feel sometimes it could be worthwhile just having like a child's input into lots of um political or different decisions because they're so up um and secondly I think they sort of act as yeah they act as a visual and actual reminder of why why you want there to be more hope why you want there to be more kindness I really my um my outlook definitely changes when I sort of see things through their eyes or I think actually, yeah, I want it to feel much more of a loving place or I don't want to feel like we're destroying everything around us and what's going to be left. Or I do really want them to feel like they are going to look after that kid if they're upset. Or I, I do think it makes a huge difference thinking of like younger generations, but also they they act as a huge amount of hope. I mean, in themselves, like young, young adolescents and teenagers at the moment are doing such amazing things. And I think, oh, I wish I was so attuned and kind of educated to sort of argue for things or like stand up for stuff at those ages. Whereas I think I was like genuinely more worried about what pencil case I had. Right. (laughs) Now I'm like, wow, they've got they've got a lot to say and it's a lot like worthwhile to listen to as well. So um, I think it's that makes it quite exciting. And yes, I mean, going back to your point on family, I think that has a huge impact on how how you communicate ideas, like the support that you have and kind of the motivation, I guess, that you get given as well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It it, it lasts. Well, actually, I think it's one of those things that you don't realise at the time how lucky you maybe are if you've got all this inspiration and stuff or support. And it's how it then transpires in years go by, how it sort of weaves its way into your personality or Mm -hmm. into the things that you decide to do. I think there was a lot, at the very beginning of this this business for Nursum, I remember making a conscious decision where it's like, I remember having a a call with our, our partners that we've got now. And it's like, I want to make sure that we can be as proud of this business as if it were like a Patagonia or something or a, like, what do we need to do to get to that sort of level? Um, mm-hmm. And I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's just important to be able to like know that you've got your ground rules and that yeah. you, you, you yeah, don't just do anything. I, like from a support point of view as well, like um, Johnny's parents um spent hours and hours and hours with us kind of packaging uh, putting tubes into boxes and things when in the very early days like we would have like a, a kind of production line on the kitchen table and and all of that kind of stuff like I guess we're so grateful for because if we hadn't had that at the very start yeah it was a proper slog and it would have been so much easier to have just given up absolutely. I think with, without that network of help yeah oh, um, definitely and a lot of a lot of guests that I've spoken to and people I've spoken to the it hasn't gone amiss from probably any interview the involvement or the inspiration either the inspiration from ideas and sort of ways of thinking from either parents or family and also the hands-on help that people have provided whether it's family or friends that are very close just yeah the actual physical slog of having a business and having a product like (laughs) I remember once I my dad I was doing a pop-up in Brighton which is near to where I grew up and was driving down from London and I keep all the stock here and I said right all of this is going in the car and he was like no it's not 
And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> and, and it was like, no, like physically, spatial awareness is not my thing. And I was like, no, physically, this is, this has to, like, this is all I can take. And so me and my dad and my brother, like, did a sort of strange Tetris of lots of very odd shaped things, rails, hangers, boxes, different product packed in those, like, st- strong bags and stuff. And we got there, but I would say it was a very tense time because I was adamant it was going in. My dad could see it probably really wasn't but didn't want to tell me <laughs> and I was like no we can just take this one last bag like squeeze this one last thing but you need you, you know very well you don't necessarily need but you're very lucky to have that kind of help otherwise that's hiring a van and hiring another person to help lift things and it's all costs at the stages small stages of the business as well that you're trying to kind of think actually really grateful to be able to rent a crowd with my family and have all of their help because I wouldn't be able to like hire this many people to help me right now exactly yeah it makes such a difference and then all the what trade shows that you've done and things like that um over the years and your your mum coming and being roped into kind of selling and all the rest I think think there's 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 something that's slightly I don't know but maybe a bit poetic but that if you're able to kind of get by on fumes and still be happy and like just enjoy the journey, that is 90% of it. Because if you can be happy doing it in that on that small scale with just basically living on hope that it's going to break out at some point, that's quite a nice place to be because then you sort of, you're not constantly thinking, well, I need to get it to this point or this point. And that's, that's great to have ambition, but if you can still feed yourself or your family and and be happy at that current stage, that is half the battle, really, I think. And then it means when it does break out, or hopefully does, that's just an extra massive bonus to the uh, whole situation. One thing that we, we were thinking about this in the context of the your, I guess, your question about... Oh, that's it. Yes, that's it. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's so easy to attach the, the how well your business or brand or whatever or charity is doing uh, to your own personal worth. And for, for the years that we were going at this before we had our business partners and started to really build a team around it, it's such a slippery slope because if you have a bad day, you just naturally assume that you're worthless or you, you, you know, you know, because you have to put so much energy in and you get very, very little back. And and they always say that, like, you have to be resilient and stuff. But there's only so many no's you can take before you think, am I just not getting something mm-hmm. here? Or, um, I think that's probably incredibly prevalent at the moment as well with lots of people who have had a change in their job situation and applying to loads of things. I think it's really hard to distance mm-hmm. yourself and your self-worth from the reaction that you're getting from what you're putting out into the world. So putting a CV out there, you're constantly writing letters out to people. Equally, when you have a business or you're sort of watching how much money you're making as an indicator of how well something's doing as well, I think is really dangerous in the early days because essentially everything you get in, as long as, I mean, the best case scenario is that it's sort of self-sustaining, the worst case you're probably losing some money for a bit before you make money and you really have to make sure yeah on the bad days that's when you think I shouldn't do this this is because I'm not doing it right and it's yeah it's re-evaluating actually how you define success and what what you classify that as 
Yeah. Absolutely. And I think a huge thing, again, going back to the kind of who our inner circle are, and um, I, I guess we're very lucky that we've got each other, which it probably sounds a little bit soppy, but um, I think we both drive each other in very different ways. So I think when Johnny would come home after that really bad day of, um, and I'd been at work or whatever, and he'd come home and, and be like, I've just had the shocker of the day, like X, Y, and Z has happened. <laughs> and then I would be like, okay, well, so I used to work on kids intensive care and I'm a specialist nurse now, so it's not quite as emotionally draining, but um, I would just be like, all oh, right, okay, well, and I wouldn't go into too many details because you're, well, you're not allowed to, but I would be like, oh, well, um, sadly, my patient passed away today or, or something like that's immediately kind of grounding because I guess in a way it puts it into perspective of what is actually the most, what's important. Is it important that like, yeah, okay, you might have had a rubbish day and lots of people have said no to you or someone said X, Y, and Z. But on the other side of the spectrum, you've got somebody, a family who's just lost their child or like somebody who's going through the most horrendous situation, turmoil, whatever you want to call it. And I think if we didn't have well, that's pers- pers- perspective, perspective then we wouldn't, it, it would make the, the, the struggle a lot more of a struggle. Yeah, if we were both in business, I think you can convince yourself that your problems are the worst in the world. And and I would be bickering about that I got a Pantone colour wrong or something. And then you'd you tell me something like that and I'd immediately go, Okay, I'll shut up, I'll just go make some dinner. And it's not <laughs> and, and, and it's not saying that your your points weren't 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 good, valid points, but I think it is that just immediate kind of more grounding stuff of and but also in a way is the reason the thing that's driven us so much is the fact that we're doing this not just we're not just doing it for our own personal gain we're doing doing this to help other people and actually I think we probably wouldn't still be doing this if it hadn't been for the fact that it wasn't like actually helping others like we weren't giving back to others we weren't yeah, I mean, just yeah. the, the, there was some in those early days when it was just us in our flat kind of trying to come up with stuff. <clears throat> you'd get an email from a, a nurse or whatever who, who's been using the product and they'd, they'd sort of say how much it's helped. And I think if I think back to the ups and downs and the things that sort of like give you a little nudge to keep going, those landed just at the right time when you'd be thinking, look, do you know what? I think I probably just need to go and get a job. And then someone would email you and you'd go, oh, okay, I'll keep going a bit longer. <laughs> it's just long enough until you get to the next stage. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think uh, I think it's like such such lovely points and comp- I completely agree, but I think it's hard to sometimes regain that perspective. So it's a really good reminder to us all to always be grateful for what we've got, but also to have the perspective of what is truly bad everything of course with a degree is relative but then it's also something that you can kind of ground in the big scale of what is a bad day or a bad time to what isn't and I think also seeing that a lot of people are happy with a lot less or a lot harder situation they can still find happiness I think it then all comes back to really where your perspective is and how it's attuned (laughs) 
you mentioned sort of your bigger picture being that you're helping people and that being a driver force so that leads quite nicely into the question of who are your wider circle and a kind of a bit of a chance to talk about people or causes and audiences that you want to reach and have reached through what you do um and kind of the mark that you want to make on people's life Sure that sounds sorry that sounds incredibly intense but I, you are making a mark we all are in some way <laughs> so I think I guess in this point I think it's probably it'd be really important to talk again um about the, the people that I've probably met um during my time as as a nurse um so not just um the my colleagues that I've worked with who so many of them are just so incredibly kind and go above and beyond um, in so many ways, shape or form, um, but also um, families that have looked after, the patients that have looked after, um, this kind of hopefulness, resilience, how humble so many, how humble so many of those people are. I think, again, probably taking me back to the first point about just people, like the way that people fascinate me, I think they have massively... I guess what's, what's I the I think word? that's where you get a lot of strength from seeing other people happy, I think is the thing that I notice about you. And it feels like that's probably one of your biggest drivers is like, how do you make others happy? I guess for us, like as a brand and as us personally, it's funny because we're, we're sitting in the wrong room, but we've got a poster next door that says love pays well in the end. <laughs> and in the end bit is at the very bottom. It's like tiny compared to the rest of it. And I think um, that's it. It's poignant because uh, I guess to a certain degree that's exactly the same goal for us and, and Nursum. Um, we would love to be able to help. Our mission as a business is to be able to help um, every nurse, midwife, and other healthcare professional in the NHS by I think it's twenty twenty five. Hopefully, we'll get there sooner than that. Um, but the, we, we were chatting about this last night in that for every time you help a nurse or a midwife or, or a doctor or other healthcare professional, um, they then go on to help 10, 50, 100,000 members of the public. So the thing that kind of like really supercharges us is, well, if we help those guys and then they go and help all those people as well, like we could potentially be helping tens of thousands, if not millions of people by default um, or by, by proxy. So yeah. That's um, something that I think the more you think about it, the more you think, wow, okay, um, that's quite powerful uh, for us as a little team that keeps us like motivated when not, not everything goes the way that you want it to go. And to have that like little North Star is quite, um, quite good because it reminds you like, what is it that we're actually trying to do? And also, I guess, thinking about it from the perspective that it's a, small and consistent change you're making to their lives so someone who buys your hand cream they're using it daily and it's something that then is equaling those hands can literally cause help and that's touching other families I think um thinking about that sort of butterfly effect or the the by proxy help that you cause makes it more manageable for a lot of people who I think who tackle whether it be climate change or social impact something's happening that a small difference 
in a day-to-day sort of consistent way can make a change as well obviously you have a big company and a product but equally I think people can apply that same rule to their own lives like that person who you help do their shopping and maybe you volunteered to help older people at this period or you just smiled at somebody in the street because they looked heavy with the weight of the world those things can make a good ripple effect and I think I think that's what I found really motivating about some of the things that have happened in the past kind of year people have gone back to realizing that those things are really worth their weight in gold and it's not it's not just big gestures or big corporations that can make a difference it's these other bits and bobs I mean I'll never forget we had a a fire alarm here once years ago and I live in a block of flats and everyone was out on the street and there was a whole family and they're dressed in um they had four boys and they were all dressed in different superhero pajamas but the dad also had like a dressing gown on which was all superheroes and now every time I see them I smile at them but because we were randomly at four o'clock in the morning all standing outside checking um if there was a fire or what was going on um and in my head they're all suit like little superhero family but they <laughs> we wouldn't have had like the laughs and because we had a bit of a we had a bit of a reason to chat because they were all standing there in quite a different setup yeah. to everyone else but it's little things like that that brings people together in a kind of, I guess, unlikely way. That's a bit of a strange tangent to have gone on, but, you know, no, but, everyday but, superheroes. <laughs> sometimes the best things are free, like a smile or a hello or whatever, or just giving someone a bit, five minutes of your attention to, like, chat about whatever's going on is, mm-hmm. it can be complete gold dust for some people. Yeah. I mean, I know I've been on the receiving end of that, and when you're having the worst day and someone just has a little natter with you, it makes you just like, it makes you feel mm. so much better. Yeah. yeah, Listening. I think like listening and um, being, being someone who's listened to, I think can make a huge difference. I think we almost have, that that has been devalued somehow by society, but actually listening to people and just hearing how their day's been, whatever, it, whatever it's been like. On your point about the whole, the, the, the circle thing, I think it's, the one thing that I've noticed is <clears throat> like, I know we've got our family and stuff as a support network, but like all the, cause I, I can vividly count out the people who over the last sort of 15 years, I've thought, do you know what? There's not a chance I'd be sat here right now. Had they not have taken a chance on us. And I think that's quite important because without people having a bit of faith or taking a, a bit of a risk on you personally, don't, and, and I also think it sort of, again, makes you want to pass it on a little bit as well. So I'd lo- I guess one of the, the things that we would love to do is get to a stage where we can also like feel like we can do the same for other people. Because I think it fuels you for years to know that someone at some point has sort of risked quite a lot to either back you or bring you on board and do, give you a job that they think maybe you're stretching you a little bit or to see that and actually recognize it as being the recipient of it I think is is really motivating because you think actually do you know what like this person's taking a gamble on us and um we need to we need to like sort of pay, pay, back, pay, or... pay it back in some way shape yeah. or form yeah yeah, and work hard for the, I guess, the motivational boost that that's given you. It gives you a reason to sort of think, right, okay, they've taken a gamble because they think that this is this is worthwhile. So I need to keep driving this forward and make sure it yeah. becomes what it is. No, I think um, the support from people is, is, is phenomenal. And 
and you you're completely right it can drive you for much longer than the initial like boost or what however they've helped you does it's sort of something you always remember and we're so fortunate to have so many amazing friends as well I think who have who have been there for all the highs and lows and there's there has been a lot of lows and I think that having that that kind of group of people who you might not hear from for a while but then they'll check in and you're like oh yeah that's like we'll have a catch up or whatever and I think this year has made it even harder for everybody mm-hmm. um just to, to but I think people are better at checking in these days and just making sure that their friends are okay and all the rest um so we're so so fortunate to, to have that we? yeah definitely And talking of highs and lows, the section that I always talk to everybody about, call it vicious circles. So either a difficulty, a specific one that you've had to overcome, which you're glad to be rid of, or something that has been hard in the journey that you've had so far, which you're happy to forget, or that has taught you something positive. Uh, Probably let you talk about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's been quite like a few lows. Disproportionate amount of lows on my side. No, well, I, I guess the biggest low, which I've still not managed to shirk away from yet, and I'm going to have to face it at some point, but in, and I think this, just going back to the whole finding your reason to like push harder is uh, in, tw- what was it, 2015 or 2016, I think, I, I started getting like a ringing in my ear and uh, and then found out like a few weeks later that I had, it's called like an acoustic neuroma. So it's like a brain tumour on on my left side, which, which is sort of, uh, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, as far as brain tumors go, it's not uh, a, a nasty one. Apparently I was told by the neurosurgeon that if you're going to have a, something like this, then that's the one to have. So apparently I've been, I've been incredibly lucky. Uh, <laughs> so that's where I try and look at it, but it's one of those things where you think, Oh my goodness, like it's a real, because cause previous to that, I sort of pined for the things that I guess a 20-odd, 20, late 20 year olds probably <laughs> wants, like nice cars or whatever. And then immediately you think, oh, my days. And then that was actually when, that was just after we got married and then we started to have kids and stuff. Because I think you start to actually check in on what's really, what do you really want out of life? Um, so, yeah, that, that was, and at, at some point, I'll probably have to have it taken out, so I'm going to have to uh, take that one on the chin. But it's that that is a every year I have to go for an MRI scan. It's usually around Christmas time, and you're in there for like 15, 20 minutes, and it's 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 my like full stop to the year where like I'm lying there in this thing, and it's like, and I sit there and think, what have I managed to do this year that I can be pleased about or proud of? Wow, that's the most lovely use of an MRI scan that I've heard of. It's just one of those moments where you sat there and you think, because I mean, I, I'm I'm petrified of stuff like this. I'm such a wuss. Uh, so I'm sat there and, and it, it's just one of those moments when you sat and you think, you forget about all the superficial stuff. And you sat and you're thinking, well, what have I managed to do this year that I can be happy about? Um, and I think that only comes from having something like, like an, a moment in your life when that happens, when you start to question, like, what have I done? What am I happy about? What have I not done yet that I should be doing? Um, 
as a guide. And so that has been, yeah, it's been a pretty crap thing to have to deal with. But also, I guess if you look at as a sort of glass half full, you have to try and think, well, actually, it could have been much worse. I might not be here now if it were anything other than that. So that's really lucky. So how fortunate am I that, it, you know, so if you can spin things like that, so negatives, I think it's, it's, you always have to try and find the positive in everything. Um, so that has definitely given me a bit of a kick up the bum mm-hmm. to get on and do stuff that we've always wanted to do. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's pretty amazing as well. Um, I'd just like to thank you for sharing that with like everyone or whoever is listening to the podcast, because I think sometimes it's a, I mean, it's amazing to hear your perspective on that. I'm sure it's really difficult and has been quite scary at times as well. Um, but I also think how wonderful, I mean, we laughed about it, but that you take that pause and probably quite a daunting time when you're doing, having your scan, if it's something that you don't like doing, going through, which I'm sure lots of people who have different illnesses don't like that moment either. So they're not sure what it would reveal or whatever the next checkup will say, that you have that moment of mindfulness, like whilst you're having something that you don't really know the answer to, you're answering your own questions of this year has been good because of X and Y and Z. And uh, yeah, I definitely take that as a reminder to just do that every day when I'm not having to go through that. Because I think you're right, when big things happen, it's, I always uh, quote the, um, anyone who's worked with me will know, I always quote the everybody wears sunscreen song um, where they say it's, on an, it's always on a Tuesday when something like your life will change and you'll like, you're least expect it. So don't worry, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't get too caught up in the sort of zeitgeist of the moment or the fact that everybody's moving into big houses or buying swish cars like it's the it's then that you'll be shocked and that will be the thing that changes the perspective so if you can gain that perspective without that big change or even a little tiny portion of it then I think um that's a pretty big thing and there's one thing that I always used to tell myself and it's probably more relevant now as well but it you always you are supposed to be where you are because there's a reason that you, you're meant to be there sort of thing. Like, and what I mean by that is um, probably not articulated very well, but you, and also you, you, you get what you deserve or you you have what you deserve at that particular moment in time. And so I guess one of the, the, the things that has come from me having to pop into hospital every year and stuff is uh, I see, I'm even more aware of like what, the staff do and how they pick you up and make you happy again and like when you're petrified uh and then you have a radiologist he's like really nice and he's like has a has a bit of fun with you it it makes you go do you know what like that's the fuel I need to then go and help to to, to then push more energy back into nursing and stuff so like I always have this sort of like weird thing that the universe is always supposed to be like putting you in the position that you need to be in to do the thing that you meant to do. Um, and, and it feels just like, actually, maybe I was meant to have this thing because actually then it most makes me pushes us harder to like help more of these people who are super relevant and in, in a way sort of help helping me on a personal level as well. 
Oh, that's amazing. That's such a such a lovely answer as well. And I actually I love that way of thinking. You are you are I think there's like a famous saying in it. You are exactly where you need to be right now or something like that. Yeah. I don't think that's a famous saying, but it can be now. We'll just trademark that right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think as well, like we've we've had um like again, we're probably like we don't like not going into too much detail but we've had like very much like lots of lows and I think even talking about the whole like universal credit side and I think this is probably I I can remember being absolutely mortified by the whole idea of it because I'm a professional and Johnny's like like a really accomplished guy and it's like and we're, we're having to go to a job center to go and ask somebody else to give us some money because we can't afford to get by every single month and like those I I I think probably about two of my friends knew about that um so there's probably going to be a few more who do now (laughs) but um like that kind of stuff in a way is what has built us to how we are today so I guess what my dad would always say was like quite character building or whatever. I think that that is a hundred percent the case. And also I think it's just made us both really grateful for what we have now and for what, like, and for the struggles that we've, we've had um, up to the boys and things like that. And like, we've, we're so grateful for them and we're so grateful for our family. We're so grateful for our friends. We're so grateful that we both have jobs, like all of these things has definitely just given us that just huge feeling of great gratitude um yeah I, I guess I'd add to that as well I think it also makes you have insane amounts of empathy for people who maybe don't have jobs right now uh, and they're kind of questioning back to the point of you quickly attach your self-worth to having a job or not having a job it's, it's really important that you try and find a bit of separation to go, do you know what, even if I, 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 I'm not working right now, that doesn't define who I should be. Uh, and like you lose hope. Um, so speaking from a perspective where we've seen both sides of the coin, I, I think it's quite important that you kind of yeah, just, just find a bit of inner strength and it may feel like complete, crap at the moment if if you if you don't have a job or you're going through something that you think why on earth me like why have I been given this horrible thing to to deal with um but I suppose that's the point at which you get tested the most and I always find that the just beyond the the point of most pain is the the point at which you gain the most so if you can get through it you always come out stronger um yeah that's like life lessons that kind of like just make it I guess that is life isn't it you, you you never feel the highs unless you have the lows because you can't compare them I also think there's something to be said for I wouldn't and this this is going to sound probably slightly incorrect so I wouldn't wish difficult times on anybody but knowing that you can look back and say well I was that was really hard and I got through that so here's the next like that thing if you will and if I manage that then you almost feel stronger when life throws you another curveball or if there's another difficult situation there's um and you also know I guess your triggers or things that have helped you I think that everybody this year I think it would be really difficult to find someone who hasn't changed in some way or find something more difficult and we've almost had to learn okay does 
going for walks? Is it the fresh air that helps? Is it calling my friend? Is it admitting that I'm actually not having a good day and figuring out what to do? Is it cooking properly so you're not just giving your body the wrong thing when you're feeling rubbish as well? Is it having a bath? What are these things? And I guess the very positive thing about lockdown, and I say in a sort of way where I actually really look forward to when it ends, but is that you really cherish and value very simple things. And hopefully, and I was saying to my friend the other day, we were on a walk and I was like, I want to keep the fact that this is how we meet up. Some like Sometimes I want to always go for walks with people. Like before it'd be like, let's go for a coffee or lunch or yeah. and do something. And whereas actually there's nothing nicer. And I think people talk more freely and you cover more stuff and you're walking and getting some fresh air and seeing other people do the same I think there's um there's all those positives that can be taken from perhaps this big negative um as well like I think we've learned to connect in a way that actually is more akin to how everyone used to connect and yeah Yeah, I totally agree and I think as well like just we're so fortunate to live where we live like we don't live far from the um from the the sea at all and like the countryside um and I think just enjoying the things that are actually free and and being going sledging the other day and it was absolutely fab and it didn't cost us a penny but you do the things don't have to cost like and we're so fortunate to have the beauty of I guess our world and and the world that we live in and I hope that people will start to look after it a little bit better for um after this you must have got um amazing snow yeah we oh, had yeah. A, a good I, immediately the just... like child comes out and oh my I just... gosh I was so excited by it <laughs> like, snow oh, a tiny bit of snow I need to I'll, I'll, I'll just quickly just go outside for a little bit and then I realize it's lunchtime <laughs> I'm always used to like the panic with snow because you sort of think right is it settling is is now the time right time to go out am I going to miss it Especially yeah. like, am I going to miss it is it going to turn to sludge <laughs> it's like yeah. ran outside and I mean honestly it's like the one of the funniest and nicest things I saw is there's a guy with a golden um retriever and he was throwing a white ball into the snow for the dog and you've never seen a dog like chase something and then look so utterly confused <laughs> a few people who are walking who are watching this like almost like little show and everyone was laughing together and I don't think if it hadn't been snowing we would have all done that like everyone would have yeah, kind of yeah. wrapped on their like way but it's absolutely beautiful and yeah it brings so much joy um I'll lead on just quickly to the last question you can't I always ask everyone about the circle of life so what habit do you think most people could adapt to make part of their daily lives for bettering people or the planet for the future or what mark would you like to leave on the world I guess what do you want to leave behind is really the question there well, I've got two specific ones, <clears throat> both a large one and a small one. Great. The, the, the small one is, I guess what we've already mentioned it, which is like, it's free, it's easy to do, but just like smiling to other people in the street and stuff is just having been on the receiving end of it, as well as also smiling people. I know it sounds a bit weird, but it can... No, I think it's great. And then... Um, if you just if you just did it more often that in its own you know what's the sm- smallest single thing that you could do just to kind of like brighten up everyone's day that's one thing and then the other thing which is a more bigger thing just um i know we talked about like other other companies who that that their business model is 
about doing good and and their products or their service or whatever is a vehicle to be able to do the good um and i guess if there's anyone out there who is thinking about setting up a business or like do, setting up a charity or something where you know there, there's some sort of positive um goal that or, or benefit from it um is just to think carefully about like how do you make that the fo- the sole focus and then everything else is in like service to that goal um because I, I think the whole idea or the days of businesses to like just make a bit of money and like you buy something you sell it and repeat over and over and over again is just gone is completely gone and h- how do you come up with something that makes people and communities or the planet like much richer and better because of the thing that you're doing because when the times do get tough that's the thing that's the one thing that you'll fall back on as your source of like energy um and and yeah just just the idea that businesses or or projects or whatever it is that you want to launch into the world is adding like a net positive is is just a great great ambition i think for anyone who's going to do it Mm-hmm. definitely I mean I couldn't um, agree with you more and I think having that focus um, and the integrity within your business that it has a motivation that's beyond selling buying and selling mm-hmm. makes much more sense in the world that we live in now and equally makes much more of a reason to purchase something um, I feel like if people have a story if people know that they're doing more like they instantly are making a little bit of a difference themselves by choosing and seeking brands like this I mean just whilst you were talking I was thinking you know that's that's why and the reason that I started the circle back originally was just a list of brands that were doing these things because I wanted to give gifts at Christmas that weren't just about giving a gift to that person and yeah like you know we can all get wrapped up in the idea of needing and wanting stuff but if you're going to purchase something, especially giving a gift, and I think nursing, by the way, is a brilliant gift um, to combine with things or to give to anyone, mothers, new mums, friends. I think right now pretty much everybody could use a good, caring hand cream that's also giving something back because it's not just, you're not just buying a simple, it's not just one, it's not a linear product. It's got a whole circle. And actually the core of that is giving back. So yes, you get something and you receive something, but equally you're part of the chain that then is helping these hands who are then helping those families and those patients. And it's a bigger, it's a bigger circle. Beyond. And it definitely is a huge driving factor. So for when all the times when it has been hard, knowing that actually we're doing something more than just a product and more than just just another thing um, on the market the fact that it does give you that little warm fuzzy feeling that you you when you give somebody a present and they really like it or whatever I think it gives you that warm fuzzy feeling all the time um almost to the point where sometimes it doesn't always feel like a business that actually we joke on sometimes it's like our first child or or <laughs> like it's, it's a name for your child <laughs> yeah it take it has taken a lot of nurturing and love and um they it's it's also wound us up like children do oh <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's definitely yeah it's definitely taken taken its toll at times but um 
I think we feel so proud of what we've done and where we've got to. And um, yeah, and it's just good to be able to. And that people, people want to actually listen to us talking about this stuff because. I mean, <laughs> I, to anyone who is listening, thank you so much for actually like giving up some of your time in the day to actually listen to our story. I guess without people listening and, and taking part in the story, is it we're not able to do the mission that we set yeah. out to do. So uh, I guess thank you from on, on behalf of both of us. Well, no, thanks so much to you guys. And just um, if anyone is listening and they want to find out more about Nursum, buy some products and things, do you want to just let them know your handles and website, etc. Yeah, of course. So our website is just www.nursum.co.uk. Uh, and then our Instagram and Facebook is at Nursum Skincare. So if you want to send us a message, uh, you know, ping us a message on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, we'll come straight back to you. And, and our email is hello at nursing.co.uk. Amazing. Well, I can't thank you guys enough. I really appreciate you giving up the time and also feel really warm and fuzzy myself from the conversation we've just had. And I'm definitely going to go out into the day feeling very grateful and um, really empowered by what you guys do. So keep on going and wishing you all the luck in the world with um, what you're building. It's fantastic. And I hope you, well, it's Friday when we're recording this. So I hope you're having an awesome weekend ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Feel good Friday. Yeah, yeah. Feel good Friday. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to This Circular Life. Thank you so much for joining this week and I hope you'll be along for the next one too. You can subscribe, rate and review via Apple Podcasts. Please share amongst your friends, colleagues and enemies and give this a little boost. We're a small drop in a big podcast ocean so any promotion you can do will be much appreciated. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about A Circle Back you can visit the website at www.acircleback.com. It's an online gift store for items that give back, be it ethical, sustainable, environmentally friendly, or by having a social impact. Every item we stock is from wonderful small brands, and they do good whilst being great, beautiful design-led products too. So check it out for your next purchase and vote on positive impact with your money. Thanks so much for listening and see you next time. Have a wonderful day.